Recorded live.
Hello, and thank you for joining me with Let's Talk Sewer. I am Apostle Robin Stokes, and I am glad that you are with us on today. May God bless you for joining us on today. Um, again, you are with us here on Let's Talk Sewer. And we're going to talk about some great things on today. Today's topic is going to be about real estate one-on-one only. And guess what? Your personal professional realtor, Robin Stokes, is going to introduce you to how you can serve, see, and find your home. A lot of times we hear about home ownership, but sometimes we don't know exactly where to start. But guess what? I am a licensed realtor with Armatron and Associates, so I'm going to help you one today through your process and not just purchasing a home, but also not just purchasing a home, but also buying a home. Because when you purchase a home, you're buying a home as well as learning to keep that home, to maintain a home, and then eventually invest in other real estate. Now, a lot of times when we talk about real estate, a lot of times people think that you have to have so much money in order to purchase. But I'm going to go over some things with you today to help you understand that process. And understanding that process, just want you to know that with this information that you're going to get on today, it is going to bless you. And the same amount of money that you're purchasing, excuse me, the same amount of money that you're using to rent or own, it's the same amount of money that you would purchase to buy your own home. Yes, because monthly, the amount of money that we pay monthly and the money that we pay for rent monthly sometimes can be that exact 
same amount of mortgage that we can put into a home. So let's go ahead and begin the real estate one-on-one opening. Search, see, and find your home. Again, I am a licensed realtor with Omnitron and Associates. I've been in real estate for over 20 years. Not only did I just start in real estate and helping people purchase and also sell and invest in real estate, but before that, I used to be a foreclosure specialist with with Providence Bank. Most of you know Providence Bank that used to be on Vine Street downtown in Cincinnati. I was a foreclosure specialist where actually I went through the process and when people began to lose their home. I wanted to be on the other side. I wanted people to enjoy the American dream of home ownership instead of losing something that they worked so hard for. But through the experience and through the process, when people began to get into those situations, maybe going to foreclosure or trying to see how they can do a loan modification or even maybe a short sale so that their credit won't be destroyed, going through that process and working in that industry helped me help those individuals that save their home, and not just save their home, but save their credit. So again, we're going to talk about real estate one-on-one only. I have my associates in real estate and property management, as well as having my bachelor in business science manager management with my master's in psychology of culture. So I believe that I am educated to be able to educate you, not just only with my education, but also helping people purchase homes, homes, helping people sell their homes, and helping first-time investors investing in that piece of real estate. Because a lot of times, we don't know that real estate is one of the biggest industries that we can get in in running, running our own business. Because when you become an investor, you are investing in real estate and property where other people is paying you to live in what you own. But before we jump into that, because that's a totally different real estate one-on-two, let's stick with the real estate one-on-one. Let's talk about the home buying process. I know you're saying, okay, we understand that process, we, we went through that process, but a lot of times people really don't know the home buying process. Because a lot of times people are on the internet looking for homes before they have even been what? Pre qualified. See, there's a difference pre qualification and pre approval. So a lot of times people are on the internet looking for homes and they have not even been pre qualified to even see how much they can afford. And sometimes we can be up underneath our means when we're looking to purchase something to where we may say, well, we may only get afford this, when really in reality, you can afford more. But I'm here to go through this process with you. So before we go through that, let me just read a couple of scriptures that I thought that was very important because real estate has a lot to do with what we're learning, even as we read the Word of God. You know, Jesus was a carpenter. That was his what? That was his expertise. He built not only things with wood, but even houses. Because when you build houses, you, you know, most people, they build houses out of stone, brick, block. But also, if you go to other countries, they build their houses out of cedar, 
out of uh, wood, out of um, other, you know, uh, wooded um, things, stucco. So houses can be built with any type of material that will hold the structure so that when wind and um, rain and things like that come, it won't just blow the house down. Amen? So in Deuteronomy 28, verse 8, the Bible lets us know that the Lord will command the blessing on you in the born and in that you undertake. And he will bless you in the land that the Lord your God has given you. Okay? Proverbs 24 and 27 says, prepare your work outside. Yes. Prepare the work outside. Get everything ready for yourself in the field and after that, build your house. So we have to prepare our work outside. We said we have to go outside and work. Why do we have to go outside and work? Because we need to what? Save money. We need to be able to budget our money so that when we get ready for everything for ourselves in the field, we're able to what? Manage our money, budget our money, so when we get ready to buy a house, we will be able to maintain our house. Because it's easy to go out and buy a home. But the key thing is, is maintaining a home. They never teach you about the maintenance on a home. So that's why it's always good to budget and put money together and so that you can have a, I call it a rainy day fund. A fund that is there so just in case there's the roof or something is leaking or maybe there may be a flood or maybe there may be something dealing with the plumbing or the electric, you have a rainy day fund that will be able to help you in a time of need. See, this is dealing with budgeting. See, a lot of times we just want to go out and buy a home. But don't you know that you have to budget for a home? Because the Bible lets us know that we have to prepare our work outside, getting everything ready for ourselves in the field that we shall be able to build our house. Isaiah 32 and 18 says, My people will abide in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwelling, in a quiet resting place. Home ownership is a secret dwelling, uh, a dwelling where it is secure. It is a place of peace where you can call your own home. They say, home sweet home. You know, it's nothing like the American dream of home ownership. Because when you own your home, you have a voice in the community. You're able to talk about issues that are in the community, dealing with your taxes, dealing with paying taxes on your property, and being able to deal with situations that are dealing with home ownership. So, therefore, when we're talking about home ownership, we need to understand that the American dream comes with us having a secret, secure dwelling. Amen? Amen. Let's go to the Word of God again. It says, put your outdoor work in order and get the fields ready. After that, build your home. Amen? So, we must continue to build our home, but first being prepared in the work that we're doing outside to get ourselves ready in the field so that we be able to build our home. So we need to be able to have a portion saved for a rainy day fund to be able to maintain our home. But we also need to make sure 
that we're paying God first so that he can bless us so we can even have more of a home. Not just having our own home, but what about having our investment, an investment property? Nothing like having a piece of investment that can not only give you income to have extra money for within your home, but what about being able to pay for that mortgage so that even as you're working out in the field, uh-huh, you're able to save more money because that money you don't have to utilize it for your monthly payment because your investment property is paying for that. So let's go ahead and let's talk about the home buying process. Amen. So the home buying process. First of all, I think the very most important thing that you need to do first is you need to begin to save. And as you begin to save, like I told you, you will be able to have more money than enough, money for maybe your down payment, money for a rainy day fund, so when you do purchase your home, you're able to help maintain it. Also, there's other deals that you will also be responsible for in home ownership because when you have a mortgage, now you have taxes, you have insurance, and you also um, have to have money put aside for loan services, and other services of the sort, which you may have credit card bills. What about gas and electric? Water. Now, your water and your gas and electric bill is going to be just a little slight higher because now you're going to be having a little bit more square feet. The more space, the more area that you have to heat. And also, in a home, more people that's in a home, more water that you have to use. So, come on. After we start and start saving, what about meeting your real estate agent? Well, first of all, I'm not just a real estate agent. Excuse me. I'm not a first real estate agent. I am a realtor. Let me tell you what a realtor is. A realtor is someone who belongs to the National Association of Realtors. That means that we have a code of ethics that we have to follow. So no matter what, we have to always make sure that we are acting in a professional manner, making sure that we're following the rules and regulations of the real estate industry. Also, we are members of a board that operates and deals with common ethics, which are ethics that we follow during the process of helping someone either purchase or sell or invest in real estate. So being a realtor, it's difficult for being a real estate agent because a real estate agent does not have no one that, that they are responsible to. So there are agents that do work any kind of way. But I believe as a real tour, we are professional in what we do. We do everything by the book. There's no things that we would do illegally because as a realtor, we have to make sure that everything is followed in the right perspective and legal because there are lines in state, and not only that, we deal with a lot of different laws when it comes to real estate. So I've been licensed for over 20 years, and when I began into the real estate business, I knew that I wanted to also be a real estate broker because I wanted to help other agents be able to be successful in real estate. So that's why I attended school and went a little further than most real tours. But it's very important that you meet a realtor because you want to make sure that you have the right representation. I'm a realtor with Armatron and Associates. 
That is the company, the broker who I represent. Because as a realtor, we have a broker that is over us that we operate up under in order to sell real estate. So our obligation is to our broker, and our broker obligation is to the National Association of Realtors. So the responsibility that we have to all follow is how to be in guidelines with the National Association of Realtors, as well as MLS, which is multiple listing services, where we are able to put property on the market to where over seven to 10,000 realtors can go through a, a, a market to look up different properties in different areas for our clients. I'm you the basics because these are the tools that we're able to utilize to help you through the home buying process so that it will be easier. Yes, I know that you can get on the Internet and you can look up homes maybe yourself, but why go through all the hard work? Don't you know as a buyer that you don't even have to pay for real estate services? Yes. And we represent you as a buyer. You being our buyer, you being a client to us, you have you don't owe big fees to us. The sellers pay our commission. When sellers sell their home, they pay the commission. So why not hire a professional that can help you during the process? It would be much easier because we're actually getting inventory ready for you as you sit down with us and let us know exactly your geographic area, location, where you're looking to live. Exactly the school district, which is very important, that you would love your children to be part of. And also the area that may be close to work or close to whatever endeavor that you may be doing. So it's very important that you sit down and get all these details so that we can guide you and direct you in the area and neighborhood that you're looking to be guided in. So we will prepare this information for you so that you don't have to go searching all over the Internet or riding all the way over town. And then also, during that process, you will connect with different lenders. You don't have to use the lenders that we refer to you because um, you have a, um, the right to use any lender that you would like. So you already may be banking with Fifth Third or banking with PNC or banking with a credit unit. Whatever you're banking at, if you choose to use them, that's fine. We work with different lenders because these are lenders that we know that have got the job done. These are lenders that have got the process done. It's not that we would ever try to um, make you or force you to work with these lenders. No. So if you have a lender that you're comfortable with, guess what? You can use that lender. But most of the lenders that we use are lenders that we have worked with. See, when we, put, when we work in real estate, we work as a team. It's not that we work with one particular lender or one particular title company or one particular because it's an open market. Whatever works for the client. But at the end of the day, our job is to work together as a team because if one of us as a team member drops the ball, you would never get to the closing table on the kids or kids. So that's why we have to make the team work to make the dream work for you. So the team has to be strategically put together so that when the process begins, begin, the paperwork is being processed in a timely manner, and we're getting right where we need to be. So that's why it's very important that you get with the lender to see exactly how much you are qualified for. Because you don't want to go out looking for a $200,000 home when you may be only qualified for $100,000 or vice versa. You may be going to look for a $200,000 home when you qualify 
for a $400,000 house. So why not go in and get pre-qualified so that you would know exactly your price range and then you would know exactly how much you would have to put down, how much you would need to save, and also you would be able to budget in your other deals because at the end of the day, when you purchase a home, you want to make sure not only is your mortgage, your taxes, and your insurance is included, but you still have gas, electric, maybe some of you satellite cable, you may have a car note, you may have, you definitely have insurance. You have water bill, you have electric bill, you may have a credit card bill, you may have loans that you're paying out. Then also, if you have children, you have to take out for their education, you have to take out for gas. So all of these things are very important that you put together in your budget. So even though you qualify for a $200,000 house, or say maybe a $400,000 house, or maybe a $100,000 house, you don't want to live paycheck to paycheck. You want to make sure that when you pay your bills, you are comfortably, and you still got a little money left to the side. And also, you still have money that you can put together in that reserve. Remember that rainy day reserve that I told you about? Because after you purchase your home, your home still has to be maintained. So it's very important that you put all these things in perspective. So as a realtor, that's what we do. We put all these things in perspective because we want to make sure that you understand the process. So as you hire as your real estate realtor, your realtor, we want to make sure that you're following any guidelines, that you're getting pre-approved. Because when you get pre-qualified, they're just telling you how much you qualify for. But there's still the pre-approval process. I'm not a lender, and I'm not a licensed lender, but as a realtor, we have to know this process because, see, I'm not going to put you in a car to take you to go look at a house if I know that in your pre-qualification process going into your pre-approval process, you're not able to make, you're not able to give the evidence that it needs to see, even though they pre, they pre um, qualify you, that don't mean that you will be pre-approved because you have to show evidence of what you have given them verbally. So you're telling them that you made this amount of money. You told them that this, you made this in your last tax return. You told them that you worked here and you worked there. You have to bring that proof in. You have to bring your paycheck stuff. You have to bring your bank account statement. You have to bring your two-year tax return, even your W-2s, your W-2s represent how much you made year to date. Your tax return shows what your actual adjustable income is because even as being self-employed, you can make over 200000 without having to write off a lot of your expenses. Your adjustable gross income is only 50000 so now you are qualified for that two three hundred thousand dollar house because just because it showed that you made two hundred thousand, but when you subtracted your expenses, all you had was fifty thousand. So they're not going to put you in that type of a house just because your um, income said that you made two hundred thousand. But because you're showing fifty, that's what they're going to put you in. Why? Because they want to protect you. Somebody said they can't hear me. Could you hear me now? Could you hear your thumbs up? Amen. Hallelujah. Or is it your phone? Could you let me know that you're hearing me? Somebody said that they can't hear me, so I want to make sure that you can hear me. Amen. Could you hear me? Amen. 
Can somebody give me a thumbs up? Let me know if you can hear me. Because somebody just said, I still can't hear you. So I want to make sure that maybe if it's your phone, maybe it's your phone. But if somebody else can hear me, let me know. Hello? Hello? Could you hear me? You say hello. I need you to put a thumbs up for me if you can hear me. Amen. Those that are going, put a thumbs up for me. Hallelujah. Thank you. Okay. You can hear me. Amen. Thank you. It's your phone, baby. Amen. So, again, like I said, so it's very important that you put those things together because if you don't fall down for that much of a house, they're not going to put you in that much of a house. They're going to protect you so that you won't lose your house, so that your credit will not be affected. So that's what we do as realtors. That's why it's important that you get representation. Because when you get representation, now you might even have a lawyer that represents you. That's fine because a lawyer can do the same thing. But with a lawyer, you don't have to pay a lawyer. But with a realtor, that's what we do. But we still get paid on an easy to sell. So why not have somebody to represent you? I mean, it's free. So that's why it's important to have you a licensed realtor that can help you through the process. We're like your buyer uh, consultant. Helping you along the way because, see, we're going to be with you from the beginning to the end. We're going to be with you even after the end because we still want to have a relationship with you. Even when you move in your house, we still going to see you a cold call. We still going to see you a hello because we want to make sure that you are doing that house because at the end of the day, my business is about the first business. See, it's not what or how good that I say I am, but it's what the clients say. It's how the clients represent, how whether they're saying, how, how would I represent them if we're going to build my business? So I want to make sure that I do a great job for you so that you can refer others to me. And you just need so much to me to make sure that I'm doing everything that I need to do the right way. Because at the end of the day, you're going to be in that home for almost a lifetime, even though most of us don't stay in the house over those many years because we may downsize or we may say, you know what, we want an upgrade. Because a lot of times when you buy your home, you may not buy your first dream home. You may not buy the home that you really, really want. But if you will buy a home that is comfortable, so that when you do get ready to upgrade, that house, you can rent it out to someone else. Now, you become an investor because you're renting that house out to someone else. And guess what? That income that you're getting in, not only is helping in the market for that investment, because the investment is going to be to where you're going to have to make sure that it is enough to not only pay the mortgage for the house that you're going to be rent out, but you want to make sure also that you have something to where it can be put towards your other um, investment that you're going to move in for yourself. See, that's playing smart. You don't just um, you rent that out and then go, and then now you've got two mortgages and you've got both mortgages. No. You want to make sure that you're benefiting on that end to be able to use something else to pay for something else. But I'm not going to go into that because I don't want to lose you. But let's go ahead and stick with real estate one-on-one only. So cheap and finding your home. Again, like I said, now we've got to be pre-qualified by a lender. A lender, a bank, um, credit unit. Most times people credit in their room and they say, okay, I want to go to a mortgage broker. But you got to remember, when you go to the mortgage broker, your interest rate is going to be a little higher. Even though you may be the four point something, but at the end of the day, you may be a couple points higher than you may get from a bank or a credit union. So I can't tell you which way, but you want to, because the lower your interest rate, the lower your payment, okay? So when you find your lender, 
and I'll be right there with you. You will submit all your paperwork. You have your bank statement. You have like three, three to four month bank statement. You have two to three paycheck stuff, two year tax return, two year W two, and then you have any other asset that can be used as collateral for as real estate for down payment. You may want to present that. So those are the different documentation that you may need. Now, some of you men, if you had child support and you stopped paying the child support, you may have to verify that because it's hard sometimes to purchase a home when you still owe the child support. And so they look at that as a debt. And also, they're going to also look at your debt. They're going to look at what you're paying out. So if you have car notes and you have other deals that you're paying, that is also debt that they look at. So that amount has to be deducted. So if you're making, say, for instance, $2,000 a month, okay, you got qualified for $150,000 house. And in a week, you make about $1,000, or that's about $4,000 a month. So let's be real with you. You make about $2,500, $3,000 a month. So if you're going to get a $150,000 house, you're looking at a principal interest maybe somewhere around $750. And then that's just principal interest. Then you got insurance, so that's probably another $150. So right now, you're at $900. And then you got taxes. You pay taxes that run anywhere dependent that area that you live in. That determines what your property tax is as well, and then they go zero zero point zero zero one on the bill times whatever that house value is. So if you got a two hundred thousand dollar house, so every six months you may be paying about twenty two twenty six hundred dollars, which is about forty two hundred dollars a year. You divide that by twelve months, and how much you got? You probably got about two two hundred two almost three hundred dollars a month just for real estate taxes. So that right there, 900 from another 300, you're already at $1,200 a month. Then you have your uh, your debt, say you've got to pay back school loans, you're paying $50 a month for that. Your credit card bill is another $50 for that, that's 100. Then you've got gas and electric, another 150. Water, another 150. That's 300. Come on, that's almost 500. So literally, you're almost looking at about $1,500 to $1,800, but that covers everything. But those other expenses, that including in your debt, goes on to your budget as well. Amen? So I just want you to know that when they tell you your principal interest, don't be so high to like, oh, that's cheap. No, you got to put on your real estate tax as well as your insurance, as well as your gas, your electric, your phone, your car notes, your insurance. All these things are also on there. Amen? So, and the lender pre-qualifies you, that's what they look at. They look at the debt. They look at your debt ratio and your income ratio. Your income ratio and your debt ratio have to be at a certain percent. And your income ratio has to be no more than 28, no more than 26, 28. The debt ratio can be sometimes no more than 46, no more than like dependent almost 49. Not a little, but I know these numbers because in buying a home, these are things that I had to help my clients. These are the things that I had to help my clients know so that as they went through that um, qualifying process with the lender, they were able to get the amount of house that they want, okay? So now the lender has looked at your credit, your credit score, and where it needs to be. Usually a lot of times people feel, oh, I can't buy because I owe this. Oh, I can't buy. Let me tell you something. Most of my clients, when they come back, they were the ones that can buy. So you have a credit score about 560, sometimes 550, depending on what what lender you're using, they may get you along. About 580, you may have to put 
three to five percent down or ten percent down, but don't just always buy a piece and suck out the box saying I can't buy. It's always good to go and make them run your credit because it's not true. It's not true then run your credit. Yes, sometimes it may be it may bring your credit down if you continue to let people run your credit. When you allow people to run your credit over and over and over again, yes, that can affect your credit. But it's, for me, I want to know what my credit is like so that I can know how and what I need to do to work towards the home buying process. Because if you don't know what your credit is like, you can go and pay off all these bills. And guess what? At the end of the day, you don't have no credit line. You have to have credit line when you are purchasing a home. They're looking at credit line. They're looking at, okay, what is your credit line? What is the credit line that you have? So you have to have a credit line and a credit line in order to help your credit. So you have to show that you have paid bills somewhere monthly. Yeah, it's good to pay with cash, but when you're trying to build your credit, they want to look at, okay, have you been paying your bills on time? That is what's going to allow and they're going to determine are they willing to give you a loan? Are they willing to take a chance with you? Because if you're paying your bills on time, they're saying, okay, I'm ready to invest with you. See, you got to remember, it's not just the bank giving you the money. It's investors that investing their money in banks that saying, look, I'll take the risk, and I'll give them the money for this particular loan or this particular product. So the investors is making that decision. The banks are just holding the investors when they invest in me. So that's why they want to make sure that you're able to pay your bill on time. So a lot of times people say cash is clean. Okay, yeah, maybe you want to do a rehab and flip some houses. But when you're talking about buying a home, they want to look how you're paying your bill. Are you paying it on time? Are you on time paying your bill? Okay? So... That's why you get pre-qualified down with pre-approval. Now you're giving them all the documents because now it's going to go into the loan commitment phase where they're going to submit all the way to the lender. That is called the underwriting. The underwriting is underwriting the loan. They're taking all this information and they're putting it into the system. And when they're putting it into the system, they're saying, okay, what she told me or what he told me on the phone is lining up. They told me they paid this much a week. They made this much a year. This is what they're getting, and this is how much they're getting out. So their paperwork is lining up what they have said verbally because they got to make sure that they have the evidence and documentation so that they can make sure they're putting you in the right long product so that you won't lose your home, so that you won't go with bankruptcy or chapter 17, or that you won't, your credit won't get messed up. So that's what the lenders do to protect you. It's not that they don't want to give you a home. They're protecting you so that you won't get yourself caught up. So that's why the, pre, the, the pre-qualification process and the pre-approval process are two different processes. And then you still got to go through the loan commitment through the underwriters because they're the ones who are going to give the green light to give you that loan. So that's why I say it's more than just a realtor in effect. It is a team of us that makes the deal work, okay? So now that is the lender, okay? So now once that lender tells me, Oh, she's good to go. See, one of the things I learned in real estate, I've been in real estate over 20 years, and in the beginning, it was quick for us to put people in our car. 
And we would drive around, we would show people how we would get to the table, write a contract, and at the end of the day, when they sent that paperwork, the paperwork did not match the amount of money that the lender qualified them for. So that's why it's very important, even for those realtors out there that's just beginning in the real estate business, it is very important that you get your clients pre-qualified and pre-approved before you put them in a car so that you would know exactly how much they're qualified for and you don't want to discourage the buyers. Because at the end of the day, you will go find the homes of your dreams and they come to find out that you could not even get that home because maybe your income does not meet the criteria or maybe your credit has to be um, helped marked a little bit in order for you to reach the right credit score so that you don't have to put so much money down. Because that also determines how much money you have to put down your credit score. Sometimes people can get a 100% loan. Sometimes people can get an FHA loan, which is a government loan, where you put down 3%. Because they want to make sure, 3 to 5%, they want to make sure that you're able to match up. Because see, they feel like this. If you can put something in, they're willing to trust you with the rest. Because if you're putting 3 to 5% down, they're paying 97 to 95% of that loan for you. So they're putting 95 to 97% into that loan where you only put 3 or 5% in that loan. So they're saying if you're willing to take that risk, they're willing to take a risk with you. So there are different loan sizes, and depending on the area, maybe you may be in a royal area where you may want to get a USDA loan, which those are a little bit. Different criteria in that loan, even though it's 100% loan, but there's also a high rate in that loan as well, with an FHA loan with a lower rate. So that's why you have to be able to sit down with your lender. And these are questions that you want to ask your lender. You want to know what the interest rate is going to be. You want to know what is the difference um, between this um, product and this product when you're dealing with an FHA loan, when you're dealing with a conventional loan, when you're dealing with a veteran. VA loan, when you're dealing with a 203K rehab loan, a USDA conventional loan, you want to ask questions so that you can have an understanding so you would know exactly what loan product to get yourself into. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to be in an upside-down loan, and you definitely don't want to be in an ORM type of loan. An ORM loan is sometimes 3, 5, 10, 15, 20-year loans where after three years, your interest rate continues to climb. After five years, it climbs more and more. After 10 years, the same way. You don't want a um, old loan. You want to get you a, a 30-year conventional. You want to get a 30-year loan. Why? Because typically, you don't sit in the house for 30 years. At least you know your interest rate will never go up more and more. Okay? So that's why, yeah, I believe it is your bond, woman of God. Because um, I've, I've got people that say they can hear me. So uh, hopefully you can get to another um, another um, device so that you can hear. Or I'll send it out to you. Thank you for letting me know that. But at the same time, we need to make sure that in that process, we're able to know what loan products that we're going to get ourselves in. That's why, guess what? Asking many questions is better than asking no questions. When I first got into real estate, when I was sitting down with my client with the lender, I told him, you know, you ask too much. He said, he said can I talk to you, please? He took me out in the hallway. He said, listen, I know you're very excited to get a realtor and everything, and this is your first experience, but in order for me to make sure that I'm getting her the right loan, that she's in the right loan product, and that her interest rate is where she 
she want to be, and her payments is where she want to be, and that she will be able to enjoy the American dream of home ownership and get a saying that I own a home. These are questions that I have to ask because I need to make sure that we're giving her the right, wrong friend. And every since then, I kind of moved out the way because it is very important, okay? So that's why it's important that you ask these questions, okay? So once we get you pre-approved, I mean, you have given all of your paperwork, and now the process is beginning. You submit everything to the underwriter who is helping underwrite that loan, who's taking a, a, a microscope and looking at everything that you said, matching up with all the paperwork that you have given them. They want to protect you to make sure that you're not getting in a loan that is going to affect you, okay? Now, when they give you a green light, guess what? I'm able to put you in my car. And before I put you in my car, remember in the beginning when I sat down with you, I sat down with you. When I sat down with you, I told myself, and I think, I got to make sure whatever she gets, it got to be what he and she wants. Whatever I give, I got to make sure it's what they want, not what I want, because that is so important. So that's why I say we need to put together a list, a list of things that will help us, okay? Now, buying a house requires a lot of time, um, effort. So that's why I put together 10 quick steps in this real estate one-on-one only process so that it will help you make the right decision. Is that okay? Because I can sit here and teach you from the top of my head because I know it, I'm living, I do it. But I want to make sure that you get some really key points in the presentation that I present to my clients. This is what I present to them. Because I believe if I can present this to them and give this to them up front, then they're able to read through this and then they're going to come back with more questions. Because that's what I want. Because I'm going to be with you through the whole process. So I need you to ask me as many questions as possible because at the end of the day, I need to make sure that you understand this process. So as you start your research early and find the right realtor, which that is me, hopefully, I'm going to help you and maneuver you through the home buying process. See, real estate is so important when it comes to understanding what real estate acquisition is. What is real estate acquisition? It is a building, maybe a house, maybe a commercial building, maybe an apartment, maybe a condo, maybe a townhouse, okay? But as a realtor, it is important to us to make sure that we're working together as a team, that we're partnering with you in the home and buying and selling process. So we become partners in this process, not friends. But partners, because when you're partners, you're going to look out for one another's interest. Is that okay? Even though I'm working for you, we're still partners because we have partnered together in the process, okay? Even though I have my, a little bit more expertise in what it is that you're trying to obtain, but we're still partnering in this, okay? Now, as realtors, we can provide you with helpful information on different homes and neighborhoods that may be not easy or accessible to you. Yes, you can get on the internet and you can look up different houses or different properties, but at the end of the day, 
Did you know how to do a um, TMA, which is a comparison market and analysis? Which, once you find a home, we will compare that home with other homes in that area to make sure that you're not overspending on that home. See, right now, it is a fire market. They are buying houses like crazy. But guess what? There's not enough houses right now because the houses are going so quick. So we say this market right here is not really good for the sellers because they don't really have houses to really sell because they're, they're selling their houses, but buyers need more houses to buy. So, therefore, there's not enough houses in the market to buy right now. So, soon as you get on the Internet and you look for a house, and I pull up that information, when we go to that house, and sometimes if you don't make a decision within maybe that 24 to 36 or 72 hours, 48 hours, somebody else is looking at that house. Because you got to remember, after we show you the house, there are others showing right behind us, so we cannot stop. No other realtor for taking their client into that home. So they can come in and say, you know what, this is the house. I have enough debt. And most of us, usually when we're taking our clients out, we're doing a CMA and comparing the market and knowledge or that home because we know our clients really may like that area. So we are pretty much already informed on what the sales are in that area, how much houses are selling for in that area, what are the criteria of the house, what's the difference in the house being sold in that area for square footage rooms and bedrooms and for having um, living room, dining room, full basement. So all of these criteria are very important, okay? So at the same time during this process, our knowledge of the home buying process is very key because we're going to make sure that everything that we show you is in your price range and everything that we do for you is professional, and we do it according to what and how you ask us to do it, okay? Now, it don't cost you anything. I told you that already. And the box. Now, sellers, if you're looking to sell your house, yes, you pay a commission, okay? So now we have went through you determining what rules you would use. So now we have what? Begin to build a relationship. We have partners during this process. Now, what lenders do you want to use? Do you want to use your lender? Do you want to use the lenders that I may have? So I'm giving you a pool of lenders, a pool, meaning that I'm giving you a list of lenders that you can go and find. You know, you may not know that um, this bank or this credit union or this, you know, you may not know that they have these loan products. So, but it's up to you to go sit down with them and get an understanding of what the loan product is instead of you just jumping into something that you don't know about. That's why it's very important that you understand what different loan products are. You want an FHA, conventional, USDA. You may want to get a house with rehabbing, so you're talking about an FHA 203K, or maybe be a first-time homeowner, FHA loan. So these are loan products that you need to ask questions on. And as realtors, we can give you that information that we get from lenders, not our own information because we're not lenders, but lenders have the information to where you can read and understand what the interest rate is, what the points are, what it takes to down payment, what's the closing cost that they will charge for this, what, how much is the title company charge to, to actually do the title work. So if we finish one of the process, this is the process, okay? Now, again, like I said, now 
We're trying to find people that fit your criteria. So we're pulling up properties. We're, we're saying, okay, I need to have three bedrooms. I need to have a finished basement. I need a kitchen living room with dining room. I need a nice backyard. I need two baths. So now we're talking about square feet, more money. More rooms, more square feet, more money. A lot of times, like they said, we even may not get our dream home on the first try. But we don't get a house call, like how that's going to fit us. But we may not get that big old house in the, in the back of the woods right off the top. We may have to save a little bit more. We may have to invest a little bit more. We may have to budget a little bit more. But that don't mean that we can't get it. Amen? So I want you to know that you got to let us know what type of house you want. Are you looking for a traditional house? Do you want just a rest-style house, a house where it's not too many stairs? Do you want a bi-level, tri-level, bi-level where you have the top level, the lower level, tri-level where you have the middle level, the lower level, and then you want to accept that you've got the top level? Or you may want a traditional house, or you may just want a um, kick car type of house, a small house, or a rest-style house. So you have to be able to know, you may say, you know what, I really don't want a house, but I want a townhouse. I want a condo. So even when we're dealing with condos and townhouses, depending on your loan, you know, FHA loan, there are different um, criteria that you have to follow with FHA loan in some areas that are condos or townhouses that actually have to be on the association list. If they're not on the association list, you may not purchase that with that type of loan product. So there are different type of criteria for different type of real estate acquisition. So as we go through that process, you will understand and know, okay, this is what you need for this particular house or this particular condo or this particular townhouse. What's the difference between a condo and a townhouse? Both condos are kind of like, you know, four units, maybe a six-unit building where y'all share the same common space, but everything with inside, you are responsible for your plumbing, your electric. Again, as an association, y'all get together and they what? And a member, a board, um, an association within that complex, and y'all come together to make rules and regulations, but y'all share the common area. Uh huh. And then you still pay association fees uh, monthly, association fees for home association with you in a condo or town home, because that helps pay for the landscaping, the snow removal, or maybe. Even some include the water, or maybe some include some outside for the roofing or the outside of everything inside you're responsible for, okay? But you share the common area, the hallway, the things of that, so you don't own that. It's shared. But in a home, you own all of that because everything from top to bottom. And then still your home, your association that you pay a month. Bills may take care of the landscape, may take care of the snow removal. So it depends on that home association that's part of that division, wherever the child home is located. So you may be paying um, a little bit more. So that's not included in your mortgage. So you can, you get a child home, you're going to get a loan for that amount, but you also have to pay the association fee. That association fee is separate from your principal and interest. So now you've got another home association fee, including your principal and interest and your taxes and your insurance. But with insurance, it's not like a whole policy for home insurance because it's not covering the home. So you may have rental insurance, meaning that it covers everything in your, in your inside area. 
but not the, the common area because you share that and that's part of the association, okay? These are things that a lot of people don't know, but these are things that you ask your realtor, you ask your lender. So when you're looking to purchase a townhouse or a condo, you got to make sure that with an FHA loan or with whatever type of loan product you may have, you got to make sure that that complex is part of their association. They have to be on a particular list with FHA. If that townhouse or that condo is not on a particular list, you cannot utilize your FHA house, okay? So a lot of times it takes people back to have to purchase the home because they can't get that town home or that condo because it's not on the list, okay? So all of this deals with the house fit criteria. We're seeing, we're trying to see what is it that you need in the home, okay? You, what you want to finish space, that you want two and a half baths. So we know that more square footage, more space, more money. So if you got a hundred thousand, you know, you can't expect to get a five bedroom house, bed space. I mean, I'm not saying that's not out there because I have had it where people have looked up on that, but we real missing, no. You may spend about two, three to get it exactly how you're saying, but most of the time you may get one of those banks property that makes it went on the market real quick that may need a little work. And that's another real estate one on two because a long time people get that confused. They say, oh, I just want to get a lot of bank owned property. But a lot of times you got to be careful with that because if that house is not inhabitable, meaning that it's in living condition, you won't qualify for an FHA type of loan because they want to make sure the house is livable. So you may go into a conventional loan where you got to put down 10 to 20% or sometimes 30%. So it depends on the house and, and, and how effective the house is, but just to be realistic, that's what, don't look for all of that in the home. The next thing that you want to make sure that is working in your home, you're looking at a home, is your foundation, your electric, your plumbing, your roofing, your siding, these are your electric, all these things are so important because you can go in the house and comment with it looks nice. But guess what? When you purchase your house, next thing you know, your basement flooded. Because you got a sump pump. Or next thing you know, the roof leaking. Or next thing you know, your fuses keep on blowing because you got a shortage. You only got one T and not two twenty. So that's why when you look at a home, it's more important to look at the structure of a home than the cosmetics of the home. Because the cosmetics, you won't change that anyway. But it's the structure of the home to make sure that the house is sound. You got to make sure the foundation is sound. You got to make sure that there's not no visible cracks around the foundation. You got to make sure, like, that sidewalk and that driveway. And these are different, also, criteria that sometimes FHA loans look at. You know, it's different. Things when it comes to FHA loans because they also have to do an FHA appraisal. It has to appraise the value of what it's selling for, so it can't be overpriced. And if you got a chimney that's chipped or if you got a roof that's leaky, then FHA appraisal will come back and say, no, the seller's going to have to fix this because usually with those type of loans, they don't want to put you in the house. They got all these issues coming in. So that's why all of these Housing, housing size is very important when you're looking for a home. And even cracks in the walls and floors and things like that, now, you may see a little thing that may be going on that is something that is because of the house being aged and the foundation is being sick. 
things there for a long time, but some of those things you can overlook. But when it's something that is very visible, like when you go in a house and it's been raining and you see water dripping and you see some brown things, you need to ask. Now, maybe they did not fix the drop the ceiling, they did not fix the drop the ceiling, how they fix the roof. And I'm not saying how they, they fix the roof, but they didn't come back and do the drop ceiling by repainting and changing the pipe. I've had that happen. Even the nice house where they did the plumbing, but around the pipes underneath the sink, there was a lot of brown stuff and there was a lot of gooey stuff. So it looked like the sink was still what? Backed up. It looked like the sink was still leaking because of that vision, that brown, that gooey stuff. But once we ran the water, we did the home inspection, they fixed it, but they just did not clean it. So that's why a lot of times you have to definitely get a home inspection, which we're going to talk about that. And we go through the uh, conference, but as we go on through the housing criteria, these are things that you're looking for when you're looking at a house. Even though it's a beautiful house, but you want to make sure, even the neighborhood, you want to make sure it's quiet. Because you can go look at the house today, in the morning, but then later on that evening, it could be noisy. So that's why it's always good to drive past the house during the day, during the afternoon, during the evening, so you can kind of see your environment because you want to be living here. So even when we sit you the pictures and the paperwork to go out and look at these houses, and what I'm doing, I send paperwork to my clients and say, okay, these are the houses that you picked out. So please go by them and look at them. Because guess what? Back then, these would be beautiful houses on the market. But guess what? Sometimes we as realtors use the same pictures 10 years ago. And when you get to that house, the house is ran down. So that's why it's very important that you go and you drive past the house even after we get through the, um, the information, the paperwork, because that house, the appearance may have changed. Okay? Don't allow pictures to overtake you to where you're thinking that like, when you get there, it may look like that. It may not look like that because every realtor ain't um, Some realtors are lazy. They don't want to take up the day pictures. They go and use the same picture off the Hamilton County Otters or pictures from somewhere else. Amen? Amen. So you gotta make sure you drive past in your neighborhoods and look at the houses so that when we set up the appointments, you're able to go in the house that you choose and it's in a nice neighborhood where you try to be. Okay? So as I do that now, I know that the underwriter is looking at all this stuff. It is very important during this time because when you have been pre qualified, pre approved, meaning they say, okay, you qualify for this loan based off of your verbal information, based off the paperwork that you have given us. Now we're sending this to an underwriter. I need for you to make sure that your bills are still being paid at on time. Because if you miss one payment or if you do one thing that you go out and buy a car or go out and put something on your credit, that can affect your whole price. That can affect your whole pre-approval. Because now you've got more debt. Now your credit score is going to shot up. Now you may got to live in your house. So you got to be very careful in this. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So thank you. Cameron, thank you, Jesus. Amen. So, hallelujah. Could y'all still hear me? Okay. Now, after we have made that, um, we have said that we have already made uh, that home criteria for you. You need to pay for now. We're trying to go out looking at the house, okay? Now you have found the house that you like. You have used the house. You like it. We went upstairs, we went downstairs, we went around the house, we looked at the foundation, we looked at everything. You 
say, okay, Robin, I want to make an offer. I want to make an offer on this house. Okay. Nowadays, with technology, we have our laptop right there. We have our iPad right there. For me, I'm going to go get it to a CMA court because we want to make sure that we're putting in the right deal. We want to make sure that we're offering the right amount for this house. Because guess what? Remember, I told you that right now it's a shortage of homes. So the house can be here today and gone tomorrow. So we want to make sure when we make an offer, we make the best offer. Because when we need this house, somebody else may be coming in here to look at this house. And if somebody else is coming in here to look at this house, they may feel like they like this house just like you. So there's always somebody leaving this house. So they're saying, you know what? I know that they may like this house, so I'm going to offer something good because they, I don't want them to get this house. So that's why it's important when you make your offer, you make the right offer. Amen? Amen. So as you make the right offer, you make an offer to where you say, you know what, I'm getting this house because I like this house and I want to take no chances in this house. Amen? So now it's time to make that offer. Like I said, I got my laptop, I got my app pad. Now, I'm doing a CMA, which is a comparison market and analysis. And what is that? It compares the value of other houses being sold within three to six months' time with the same criteria, what you get a four-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath, finished space, and it may not be exactly, but it is close. It's about 96% close to make sure that what we're offering is right there on what's been sold. Amen? So, now that we have made that offer on the house, now we're ready to make the offer count. Now we got the right contract. What is a contract? A contract is a document that has all the criteria on the purchase price, when you want to close, how much you want to offer. It is also the price tell with that clock, that house is on, where the house sits. It is what identifies that building. That is, it's like we have an identity, our name and our identity. So the cocktail number, the lot number, is that home or cat house or business identity to say that this house plot sits on this particular land. And because it sits on this particular land, this is what it is, okay? So now that you know exactly what you want to offer, okay? We're going to go ahead. We're going to go ahead and make an offer. Okay, sorry about that. Okay, we're going to go ahead and make an offer. And now that we're going to go ahead and make an offer, you're going to say, okay, how much should I offer? First of all, when I take you to a comparison market analysis, you're going to be able to make this decision on your own because you're going to see what the value were in the area. So my expertise is to guide you during that process, but. You don't want to lowball yourself because, like I said, it's a shortage in the market. So you like this house, you want this house, somebody else is getting with you this house, two other people probably have already bought this house. So when you make your offer, you got to make it to where you believe in the house because it is a shortage right now in home ownership, bad homes. There's not enough houses for buyers because the houses are going like this. The houses are going crazy. It's going crazy, okay? So, for some reason, it just seems like um, the Internet is a little slow for some reason. But, hello, the Internet, hallelujah, amen. So, now you're ready to make an offer. 
So you made an offer on your favorite home, and I will help negotiate those terms with you. So now I have to submit this to the realtor that's represented the seller. Most of the time, the seller is represented by another realtor. So now I don't go directly to the seller. I go to the realtor. Amen. I go to the realtor. So when I go to the realtor, the realtor will take the contract to the seller and present the contract to the seller. And when they present the contract to the seller, the seller makes a decision to say, okay, I will accept this offer. Now, what happens if he has or she has three other offers? They're going to go with the next offer, okay? They're going to go with the bank. They're going to go with the bank offer. So as they go with the bank offer, what does the bank offer mean to them? They're looking at what type of finances, finances do they have? Most likely, if the seller sees somebody paying cash, they're going to go with the cash box, or they see somebody have an FHA compared to a conventional or whatever type of loan. They may say, well, when the FHA is complete, they come back, but I'm not with the digital, they put more money down, and they need so many uh, criteria that they will have to face and challenge. So that also plays a part on that seller accepting your offer, okay? So once they accept your offer, now we're ready to go through the, the process. Now we submit that information to the lender. The lender takes that information and submits it to the underwriter. The underwriter now not only has your paperwork, but also now has the contract. So also, the underwriter now submits this to the title company because the title company has to check and make sure that there's no lien or anything on the property because that's what can stop a property from selling because liens have to be paid. They're priority. They have to be paid off before a property can change hands into another person's possession. So the title is being first, meaning the title from the home, the identity of the home, was there any lien on the home, was someone married to where they still had a right in this home. Because a lot of times people don't know this, but just because you may divorce someone and y'all put the home together, they have to write off their right in that property because at the end of the day, when that property is ready to sell, they still have owner rights of that property. So that can hold you up from selling your property or for, for you as a buyer receiving a property. So all these things play a, 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 a number on home buying, the home buying process. So that's why the title company does their search to make sure that the seller, if they're saying they're married, they're saying they're divorced, or they're saying they're single, they're checking all of this. Now, I had an article where I had a young man um, selling his home, and my um, client was buying the home. So when we got all the way to the closing table, he never told me that he was married, but they were separated. Because when the title work and everything came back, they found out that he was still married. So, therefore, we could not close that deal. We had to wait until the wife came and signed her right off that house because legally she still had positive right to that home. So, we could not even close the deal until she signed off on that. So, the whole process was, could have been a waste. But by the grace of God, we wind up contacting.
came to the closing where she was able to write off on the property. So these are things that the title company does so that you don't get caught up in these different um, niches, okay? So what happens is after you write that contract, now you're going to say, I'm going to also get earnest money. Earnest money is saying to the seller, I want this house this much, that I wanted to put this about that. Now, you say, well, how much of earnest money should I get? I can't really tell you that, but I'm going to tell you this. If they have two other people that have the same interest in this house, and your offer is being on the table waiting to be accepted, because two other offices with your offer, they also is going to look at the earnest money. Because they're going to say, and I'm going to take my house off the market for this amount of money. So earnest money could be $100, $200, $300. So come on, common sense is you really want a house. You want to put down at least five dollars $1,000. That money comes back to you. It comes off the purchase of the house at the end of the loan anyway, I mean, at the end of the closing anyway. So this just show good faith, saying I'm really interested in your house. I really want this house. I ain't playing the game. So your earnest money, and what they do is they deposit that check or their money order in the escrow. And it sits in that escrow until closing. And what happens is they take it off the purchase of the house, okay? So that's the earnest money that is given after the contract has been accepted. Because in the contract you will put will be given upon acceptance of the contract. So after they have accepted the contract and seller, now you have to write out that earnest money, and we take that and give it to our broker, and they deposit it into their export account. Or maybe that realtor, selling realtor broker may uh, deposit it in their export account, depending on how the company is set up. But we never deposit money into our account. Nothing is given to us as realtors. It has to go through the broker. Even when we get paid, it gets paid to the broker. The broker pays us as the realtor, okay? Because everything has to go through the broker. The broker is the umbrella that we as realtors, real estate agents, are under. So all transactions, all paperwork is submitted to our broker, and our broker also stands in the gap with us as we go through this process, okay? So now your contract, your earnest money has been deposited through the escrow company, which is the title company, which is one of the titles, and we're actually do the closing, okay? So now the loan process, come on now, is being processed. So now the lender, you know, submitted everything to the title company, now you submit everything to the appraiser. The appraiser, who's the appraiser? They go out and they appraise the value of the property. They want to make sure what you can for this property is what it's worth. Because you don't want to pay for a property that's not worth that, because then you'll be on an upside-down loan. Paying more for a property that's not even worth it, then when you get ready to sell it, you're on an upside-down loan, and you can't even sell a house. So now it messed up. So the appraiser is going to appraise the house to make sure what you're paying for the house is exactly right in that criteria. Then you will see the equity that you have in that home. You may come out and have equity. So if they sell the house for 100000 the appraiser will come back and appraise the house for 150000 That's what? You got $50,000 equity in that home. Because they're going to appraise it for about 150000 over 160000 Guess what? Now you keep your credit up, you can take that $50,000 collateral in your home and go and buy you a couple of investment properties for ten, fifteen thousand. Get somebody to fix them up. Then you may want to resell them or rent them out. Come on, that's how you start investing. 
Now you're using other people's money. You're not using your money. Your, your house is that collateral. It's like an asset. So you're able to borrow money off your house. But at the same time, you want to be careful on that as well, okay? But it gives you, that's why when you purchase a home, that is the benefit of owning your own home. See, you don't have to use your own money. So these are benefits also in purchasing your own home. But now, as this has been submitted to the list of the underwriters, the underwriters now, the title company, the appraisal, now we're starting a home inspection. Yes, get a home inspection. I know the house is beautiful, it's brand new, it's smelling good, it looks good, but guess what? That's just what the eyes see. You don't know what the plumbing is, you don't know what the electric is, you don't know what the foundation is, you don't know what the roofing is, you don't know what the water may be, you don't know the electrical. So that's why home inspection is so important. What is a home inspection? It inspects the house. It lets you know about different house problems. It gives you signs of dealing with the foundation, dealing with the roof, dealing with the plumbing, the water, the any mold. Come on now, electrical. The cosmetic stuff, we can always fix that. Paint, all of that, we can, because we're going to change it the way we want to anyway. But when we're talking about foundation, roof, electrical, plumbing, water, mold, things like that, no. Because you want to make sure that you're getting a sound house. So at this time, when you get your home inspection, you will meet with the home inspector with him alone. I would say that, get everything set up, probably meet you there, introduce you all. And then that's the time that you will walk through the house maybe two to three hours. And he will go from top to bottom. And that is the time that I would ask many questions. What's this? What's that? Why is this? Why is that? Why this? Why that? Because he's able, she's able to tell you about the house. Why? Because they're home inspectors. And then what he would do is give me a report. And in that report, he would tell me the mechanicals. What works? What doesn't work? What are the majors? What are the minors? And then we take that sit down, and we say, okay, these are the things that we want to address. We put them on the agenda. That agenda that we prepare, we submit it back to the sub and say, listen, this is the things that we're asking to be done. Now, we know we've got an FHA loan and there's some major things in there. We know that those things have to be fixed because when FHA loans, we're not going to approve the loan. So that's why we sit down and we negotiate. And we should fix this, this, and that. Then they come back and say, okay, I'll fix A, B, B, and E, but I won't fix C, F, and G. But those are the major things in order for you to appraisal, because now the FHA appraisal came back and these things have to be done. So, because you won't be able to keep this house because they're going to come back and inspect to make sure that those things are fixed. So, at this particular time, you have a right to remove yourself from the contract or say, come on, I really want this house. Please. Can we go ahead and do these things? Now, that means the things on that minor. You want to get the major things done, the things that will help you get this loan, and not only that, major things that you know that are going to take money. Not these cosmetic things, you know, little knick-knack things. You can change a reset, re, um, or a reset button. You can change a light bulb and put up a new uh, fixture little bulb or something like that. The window tracks, you can put up blue hands and things like that. Come on down, you got to switch out the lines. I mean, and, you know, I'll ask for everything, but I'm saying switch it out lines and make that be a deal record. No, you don't want to do that, okay? But the major things, make sure that the major things are done, okay? Now that the major things are getting done, the seller's coming back and saying, okay, I'll do this. Now, at this time, you can say, okay, let's negotiate the price. 
time, probably in about 30 days, probably about 36 days. So they just want to make sure things are still standing. And it's okay. You ain't went out and bought no car. You ain't went out and got enough of your credit right. Because I told you, those are things that can affect you, okay? So now we get close to the closing. So when we get close to the closing, now we try to get a clear to close. What is a clear to close? A clear to close is everything that binds up the title, social contact, everything is in line with that. The home inspection, not only has the home inspection been completed, but the seller has agreed to fix the repair, the repair of this fix. You have brought in all your up-to-date work. Guess what? We're getting closer to the closing Now it's time for us to close. Now it's time for us to come to the closing table. Now, see, don't get too excited. I don't tell people to get excited until you walk out of that title company with your keys in your hand. Because we can go through all of this in one long move. That's why I said it. it takes the teamwork to make a dream work. That's why we as a team have to sit so close together during the call by buying process. Because one wrong move can affect the whole process and everything that we're doing. So I hope on today that I get you closer to that closing table because now we're ready to close. Now you're going to sit with the title company. They're they are sitting there with you. And what they're doing, they're going through the paperwork. They're going through your mortgage, your deeds, your rights. They're talking about the whole process. They give you the fact the paperwork is talking about this shit. This shit, you look like, oh, my God. Yeah, because now you're about to sign your life away. But guess what? Read every single Even when I meet you, I'm going to give you a consumer guide. What is a consumer guide? A consumer guide is letting you know who am I as your buying agent. Who is yourself? Who is the broker? What's the difference? Then I'm going to make sure that you sign an agency disclosure. The agency, my brokerage, my company that I work for, me as your realtor, working on behalf of you. And who else is working on behalf of yourself? And also, that gives us permission to take you in and out of property and also allow us to partner with you. These are disclosures that you would sign up from before we even begin to talk about the loan before we get to talk about what is your housing need. Because I need you to understand who am I representing you as a buyer? Who am I representing you as a seller? Who am I representing you as an investor? Who am I representing you as uh, uh, your first commercial property? You need to know the different people, the roles that are playing in your real estate process. So these are different disclosures. So even when you even get write that contract. Before you even get ready to write that contract, I'm going to give you residential disclosures. Residential disclosures is what the seller has to fill out so that you can know everything about that house. The roof, the water, even the walls, the shared driveway, the, 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 the plumbing, the tanks, the gas, everything of what they know since they had that home. That protects you. So you know exactly the history on this home. And then the lead based disclosure would let you know about if there has ever been any lead, no lead in the property. Any house after built after nineteen seventy eight usually don't deal with that, but at the same time they still have to present these disclosures. So these are disclosures that you will receive up front. And when you get with your lender before you sign anything, you make sure that they give you disclosures. They give you the paperwork. Don't, lock, don't let them lock you into a rate without you 
seen the paperwork without them going over the paperwork with you. Because when you sign your name, that means that you agree to everything. And I'm going to tell you, if you don't read it before you sign your name, you can get yourself caught up in something to where you will regret it. So that's why it's important that you read over every documentation that is presented before you. And before you leave, make sure you get a copy of everything. Nobody in the team of my professional should allow you to leave without a copy of what you found. You always need a copy of what you found. And that's a lot. If you find something, you need a copy of it. Because you need to have something for your record. So if it ever comes back up in life, you can say, I did it, or I didn't, or this was what about. Okay? So I believe that this is real estate one-on-one only. And not only that, search, see, and find your heart. That's what we did. So as we went through the buying process, you chose your realtor. You got pre-qualified, pre-approved. You ruled your property. You made your offer. I helped you negotiate. They accepted your contract, right? So now the mortgage company, your lender, they have took it, took it to underwriting. Now the loan pool, come on, that's the pre-qualifying state. They received your paperwork already in the beginning of the pre-qualification because I didn't put you in the car so I made sure that all of that was in order. They gave you the green light to take you out. So then the loan pool will start, they sent it to the title company, the escrow. Now, since you got accepted the contract, the earnest money is able to be put in that escrow to await for closing. Now, we're waiting for that closing date for your possession. But during the title and the escrow, they're doing the title search. They're preparing your closing document, right? But before that, your mortgage, your lender, they have to do your credit report. And when they submitted it to the underwriter, they also submitted it to the appraiser. The appraiser also verified that the value of the property was what it was. The home inspection came down to what it was going to be. So now that all these things are in line, now we're ready to prepare the closing document. To get ready to close so that you can sign your closing document. So guess what? You will be ready to say, I have my keys to my own home. Amen? So now your documents are being recorded saying that you are now the new owner of this home as you sit in the closing, at the closing table. Because now you sign your mortgage, you sign your deeds, your writers, every document that gives you the right of ownership. Now, you are taking and inheriting your land. You are reaping your harvest in real estate. Now that you are a first-time homeowner, now you're able to start investing. Now you're able, and there's no one that understands that there are benefits in only your own home. And not only that, you're able to go through the next process, and it will be easier, and you will know exactly who you can copy, and that's me. Robbie Stokes with Armor Trot and Associates, reaping your real estate harvest. So come on, y'all. You are giving the keys to your new home. That's right. Now, you have searched, you have seen, and now you have found your new home. Thank you for joining me on Real Estate 101. Okay. I am Robbie Stokes with Armor Trot and Associates. Also, Thank you for joining Let's Talk Store. I am your host, Apostle Robin Stokes. And guess what? We'll be right back here next week, same time, Thursday, 6.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So may God bless you. 
May God keep you in Jesus' name. Thank you again for joining us on Last Talk Story. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye. And not only that, I would like to also say, I would like to give thanks unto thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderfully are thy works, and that my soul knows right well. Uh-huh. Why? Because we're in Psalm 139, 14 weeks. But guess what? I need for you to join us on next Tuesday. Again, Unleaded Grace Prayer Ministry has Bible study on the go. That means that not only are they being getting spiritual food, but they have food on the go where they're also getting natural food, where you can actually pick up a food box as well as coming to hear the Word of God. And on next week, we're going to be talking about salvation. Pastor Joe L. and the boy is going to sit down and teach us about what salvation really is. And I believe as we sit down and we learn at the feet of the man of God that salvation is going to hit the house. Amen? Because that is the reason why we're doing what we're doing so that salvation can come. Amen? Because Jesus is soon to come. So for those that do not know, Unlimited Grace Prayer Ministry, which is located at 5554 Eureka Drive, Sweet Eye, Hamilton, Ohio, 45011. Again, that is Bible studies and food on the go every Tuesday from 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So please come on out and receive your spiritual food through the Word of God. And leave with your natural food, with the food box that it will be given unto you. And again, we thank you, and may God bless you. And also, coming in August, the end of August, on the 29th, 30th, and 31st, and 1st, we will be down in Champaign, Illinois, where we will be doing a a conference. Uh, And the conference is called Spring Clean, the Apostolic and Prophetic Operation. So I'll be giving you more details on that for those that may be in Champaign, Illinois, or those that may be traveling down with us or they want to go, because this is going to be a dynamic um, experience that we're going to experience. I'm going to be doing teaching as well as ministering, as well as a group of other um, um, apostles and prophets and um, ministers of the gospel is going to be with us as well. So God is going to be able to utilize many of the gifts um, working together in one body so that people will receive what it is that God has with them. So I am honored to be part of that, as well as some other things that are coming on. We're going to be doing some prophetic teaching on the prophetic, on the prophecy, and also um, dealing with prayer, dealing with worshiping. So I'm working with uh, a couple other men and women of God, and I'm grateful um, to be part of what God is doing to bring them to the forefront so they will be able to talk about what they're going to be doing and the, and the different things that God has given them and the vision that God has given them as well. Um, so I know that we got some teachings coming up. Uh, Pastor Joel has some more with um, the Great Prayer Ministry. We're going to be teaching on a couple of things uh, at different locations, um, but that will be able to um, sit at the feet of the man of God as well and even just um, utilize just the gift that is inside of him. Amen. God use him mightily, glory to God, and just the humble man of God. But we thank God for you. I thank God for those that have joined us, thank God for you. Um, Amber, thank God for you. You've had 
Sister Darlene, Sharon Bryant, Melinda, and just a couple other individuals that's one there that I can see, Tasha, Barbara, Tanika, Sophie um, Lane, God bless you, and there's some other people on, but today I just wanted to talk about Real Estate 101 and let you know that I am a um, licensed realtor, been licensed for over 20 years, been in the real estate industry for over 20 years, glory to God, and by the grace of God, I've done well, and by the grace of God, he gives me the wisdom to understand, understanding to understand real estate and the opposition and the ins and outs, glory to God. So I said nothing like sharing and teaching others because at the end of the day, Let's Talk Sword is about business, it's about marketplace ministry and entrepreneurship. So it is good that we can come on here and talk about the Real Estate 101 and search, see, and finding your home because the home buying process is so important so that you will not make the wrong decision. So I know it was something today that helped you. So please, again, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you on next Thursday, 6.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, I am your host, Apostle Ronnie Stokes with Let's Talk Short. May God bless you and keep you in Jesus' name. Goodbye.